Well, listen, I do have a word for you. Do I have a message for you? Because um, I just, I've come to find out and found out in life that we're all in transition. We're all in transition most of the time in our lives. And the challenge is not the transition. The challenge is our preparedness for what's next. The challenge is, 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 is sitting down and not just knowing what's next, but saying, am I prepared for whatever's coming next? Because something is, is coming. Something is about to happen. For some, it's going to be what we, what we pray for, and it's going to be great. For some of us, it's going to be the, the thing that we wish never happened. And because we've lived a little bit, we've understand that even in those worst moments, that there was still some, some wisdom to pull out of it, something to learn from it. So we don't have to be afraid of what's next, but I today want to make sure that we are all in this room prepared for what's next. Because all of us in this room, I can tell you this, we're all challenged with trying to embrace the present. We're all in this room, we're struggling with, with trying to embrace where we currently are. Think about it. Most of our time is either thinking about tomorrow or regretting the past. And, and most of us, if we're just honest, we are never celebrating the present. And we're never, we're never getting rooted in, in our present state. But wherever you are, whatever you are, wherever you are, we find that we're never settled. We're never settled. We're always thinking about what's next. For some of you in this room, you're thinking about what's next right now. Think about what I'm going to do when I leave here. <laughs> what am I going to do? What, you know, what, what is he going to say? Or, you know, I, oh, I, probably, I know where he's going to probably go with this. And we're always thinking about what's going to happen next. But I would like to say today that, that knowing what's next is not as important as being prepared for what's next. Because if you're not prepared for what's next, you find yourself in this position in, in your life where, where, have you ever considered that where you are now, for some of you, you've prayed to be where you are, and you're here, but you're still not satisfied. You prayed, you couldn't wait. You know, you, you couldn't wait to get to Orlando. You couldn't wait to do this. You couldn't wait to move away from the stress of life that was there, you know, and I couldn't wait to get here. And, and when I when I got here, I'm still I'm still not fulfilled. It's, it's like there's still something going on. Or for some of us in this room, you know, we we've we've gotten here and we didn't plan to get here in life. And so so then the question is. Is why does this keep why does this keep happening or God what do, what do I need to learn here to prepare me for what's for what's coming next for some of us in this room next can be graduation next can be getting married next can be having children next can be having another child next can be you know uh, uh, trying to raise a child next can be marriage next can be divorce next can be widow next I don't know what next is, but I guarantee you this, 
that if you can somehow find some principles and some ways in your life to prepare yourself for what's next, maybe what's next won't be so traumatic in your life. That maybe when next comes, because it's coming, maybe you'll be able to to see next and appreciate the present state that you're in and that you're about to get into. It's just real deal stuff. Because when I even think about my life, I think about all of the things that I prayed for and I couldn't wait to get here. I couldn't wait to get there. I just thought that if I leave, if I leave, if I leave there, then things will be better. But how about this? As we all plan and pack our clothes in our bags to travel to what's next. Watch this. As we all gather our stuff and, and we say, oh, I can't wait to get over there. And it's not just location, but it's, it's location in your mind and your heart and in your emotions. I just can't wait to break this off and I can't wait to have this or what, can't wait to have that. And as you're packing to move out of your current state, because you just can't wait to get over there, you, you, know, you know that thing that you're, you're going to pack because usually when you're packing your bags, you choose what you're going to, right? So I, I want to keep these shoes. I want to keep that shirt. I want to keep this attitude. I'm going to keep that relationship. I'm going to let go of that one. You know what I'm saying? Because now I'm be far away. I ain't got to worry about them anymore. You know, and, and you choose what's in your bag. But there's one thing that's going to go with you that you probably didn't even think because you don't have a choice. You know who's going with you? You. You can choose what's in your bag, but you can't choose you. And you are going to be in the next season of your life. You're going to be there. You can hope, right? We don't want to be the end season, but you're going to be in this next season. So are you prepared? Not just have you packed your bags and decided the relationships you want to keep and the relationships you want to break and the, and the things you want to have and all these things that you're packing that you're choosing. Have you considered the thing that you've probably not even considered, that you're going to be there? And the same person that was in the last season is also going to be in the new season, in the next transition of your life. And so we look to the Bible. And, and we look to the brother of Jesus. His name is James. And he's a guy who, he's a brother of Jesus and I love James because he didn't follow Jesus. He didn't walk with him because he's a real brother. He's a real brother. Okay, for some of you in this room, if, if your sibling said, I am the Messiah, you'd be like, okay, all right, cool, man. And they're just like, yeah, you know, you should probably hang out with me, man. I'm doing all these great miracles and all the disciples and stuff. You're going to probably be hating a little bit, you know, just a little bit of hate, you know, it's just like, oh, mom's going to love him more than me. And, and if and if you're like how you probably are now, you know, you feel all, you know, man, that's my brother. Yeah, I know he does miracles. But what about me? You know, some of you, what about me, God? And what about, well, why am I not Jesus? You know what I'm saying? I, I know it's my half brother because he was kind of born of, you know, Mary just kind of had him and all that stuff, you know. And and so here's what's amazing, though is that after Jesus was raised from the dead, all of a sudden his brother started believing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, yeah. And now he started getting prideful, like, yeah, that is, that's my brother Jesus, y'all, the same guy that rose from the dead. And, and he writes this, this letter, and he starts declaring about the goodness of Jesus. And he writes here in James, go with me in James chapter number one, James chapter number one, verse number 20, 
1, verse number 21. Let me, let me also say this, that in every transition, in every season, there is an excitement in, of, I'm sorry, it's an excitement and expectation of what is going to be, right? But there's also a level of stress because I've never been there before. There's excitement because all you're thinking about is what you're leaving and where you're going to. But there also is some stress in the fact that I've never been there before. So, so next, means, next means transition. And transition means change. And change means stress. <laughs> we can't wait for next, but you know what next is, right? Next is transition. Transition means that things are going to change. And if things are going to change, man, that's, ah, now I got to figure out some new stuff. <laughs> now, now I got to figure out how I'm going to conduct myself in this next season. Next, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And I need you to know this, that wherever you are preparing to take on into the next season, make sure that you are prepared to take you in it. I can't, I can't stress this enough that you must make sure that you're ready to take yourself into this next season. And just because you know what's next does not mean you are prepared for what's next. Just because you bought the tuxedo, no, first you bought the ring. And you said, honey, I, I love you. I want to be with you forever and ever. Forever, Mr. Bean? But you... And then you bought the tux and you spent all your money. You spent money you didn't even have. It's called credit. <laughs> money that you did not even have. And you, and you came to the place of commitment. We're talking about marriage here. And, and, and you came up and said, I do. But you really, you're not saying, I, you're saying, I hope. I can. I have the ability to. But along with that commitment comes a new level of change. And, and, the, and the beautiful thing is, you didn't think you would have to change. You thought that other person was the one with the change. Somebody say hello. <laughs> you came in and you said, I know this is going to be different. And there are some changes that have to be made. But here's the good news. You should make the changes, and I should just be me because I am who I am because you said you wanted to be with me. And we both come in, and we have these expectations in the back of our minds of, of what you're going to be because we know that we're all evolving, and the reason why you married him or her is because of the potential that they have, right? You have potential to be a great husband one day. <laughs> you have potential to be a great husband one day. But what happens whenever, every time, I'm sorry, every time we are stepping into a new transition, we must make sure that we are prepared with ourselves and not just come to the altar now and say, God, I do, I do, and not prepare to make some adjustments. Because next equals transition, transition is change, and change can be very extremely stressful. Because, I'm just, I just like to repeat myself, because knowing what's next is one thing, but being prepared for what's next 
is another. James chapter number one, verse 21. He says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. He says, walk away from everything that you know and receive this word, this implanted word, that the word is, is like a seed and, it's, and it gets planted in you and it grows. It grows. And some of you are challenged in this season because because the, 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 the word of God, it's growing in you. And, and for some of you, you stepped into the season that you're currently in, and, and you're like, God, I'm, I'm growing in you because I got this implanted word in me. I'm growing, and it requires some changes, but I'm not willing to make those changes just yet. I know I'm, I'm growing, I'm, I'm growing, but God, I entered into this season without you, and now you have God in your life. And now what are you going to do now in your current status? What are you going to do now? Because you have this word of God growing in your hearts. And now God is saying that in this current season, in this current status and status that you're in, you must consider some, some adjustments. Because my word is growing in you now. It's growing in you. And he says, lay aside all filthiness for the implanted word of God is growing in your hearts. So watch this. Here's what he says, consider in this season. Verse number 22. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. He says, can you guys consider this that um, don't just hear what God is saying, but what if we do what God is saying? He says, because if you're coming to church and hearing it and not doing it, you're deceiving yourself. And then eventually you're going to deceive the season that you're in. And what most of us do in our season that we're in, in the current place in our lives with all that's going on, we most of the time misinterpret what's going on. We misinterpret it. We automatically assume that it's, it's, it's the devil, and, and I, I do believe that he does exist. He is defeated, but, but we, we always sometimes, I heard, I heard somebody say a long time ago that the devil, you know what the devil is? He's on the, he's on the footsteps in front of every church crying, and, and he's sad, and somebody goes up to him and says, devil, Satan, what's wrong with you? He says, they're in there blaming me for stuff I didn't even do. <laughs> you know, that was a little joke, but I don't, it was kind of corny, but whatever. Uh, but, but that's what I heard years ago, and I probably should have left it in that season and not brought it to this season. Praise God. But he says, what if we stepped it up, and instead of being hearers only, we started to do it? Because, because if we start doing it, maybe we'll start understanding where we are because we're about to embrace the next if you hear what God is saying and never do what God is saying, you're deceiving yourself and deceiving and misinterpreting the current season that you're in. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Well, no, don't imagine because you've probably seen it on the news. You've seen people, they call them uh, polar bears, swimmers. They go out in the freezing cold in Canada, in, in Alaska, in the dead of winter, and it's snowing, and they jump into the ocean. I don't even like the ocean in the summer because it's a little cold. I, I want bath water. Give me 
bath, hot pool, everything to 80 degrees when I step into it. No, I don't want to cool off or anything like that. I just want to dive right in. But but they but they 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 jump into the water and and, and they're swimming. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to manipulate the season and they're trying to do something out of season. They're trying to say we can still do what we do in the summer, even though our bodies cannot take it for long, even though it doesn't fit for the season. We just want to prove that we can still swim in the winter. And some of you are trying to do that. Some of you now are in one place in your life and you're trying to bring old stuff. You're, 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 trying, to, you're trying to swim in the wintertime in the ocean, you know, and you're trying to get out there. And just I just want to let you know that if you don't change and if you keep doing that, you're probably going to catch pneumonia. <laughs> you're probably going to find yourself getting sick and find yourself in places that you should not be because you're not honoring and respecting the season that you're in. He says, don't manipulate the season. Don't misinterpret it. Don't deceive yourself by just hearing and not doing. That you can just hear and come to church every week and never do what God has called you to do. He takes it a step further. I don't have many notes, so it won't be much longer. Verse 23, he says this. He says this, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a, somebody say, mirror. In a mirror. Verse 24. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. <laughs> what do I do? How do I prepare, Pastor, for the, for the next season? One of the things you got to do is make sure you're not deceiving the current season that you're in. You got to make sure that when you go to the doctor, sidebar. When you go to the doctor and you say you're, you're feeling symptoms, they must first check your current status. Because, see, sometimes we'll go to the doctor and think it's one thing and it's not even that. And you're treating the wrong symptoms. Maybe this season would be a blessing if you just looked in the mirror and considered where you really are and stop helping and feeding yourself uh, uh, medicine for the wrong symptoms. Some of you, you, you really need to get rid of that unforgiveness, but you just say, if I can just have my job, if I can just make more money, you know what I mean? And, and some of you, you, you need to start, you need to start uh, uh, letting go of, of being a victim of the past and start seeing yourself as a victor in the future. But, but, but you say, you know, I just, Man, let me just join the worship team. You know, maybe I'll just, you know, maybe, you know, I just can't, I, you know. And, and, you, and, and God is saying, I want to get to the heart of it. <laughs> but, but you're just like, oh, don't do the hard thing. But just, you know, I, I'll, just, I'll just serve. I'll just, I'll just help out. You know, I'll be a part of an organization, a nonprofit organization, and start doing and start, and start giving. But God says, number two, watch this. How do I prepare for the next season? Get in the mirror. The Bible says this, that he says that the, he says that the implanted word of God is like a mirror. It's like a mirror. I should have brought my Bible. I thought I had it. Anybody got a Bible? We all digital, right? We all digital. It's okay. No. Oh, 
Thank you, Darren. Oh, this guy is amazing. Give Darren a hand, guys. He's <laughs> our next president, guys. He's our next. No, seriously, maybe like one day. He's so young now. But this is like a real hotel Bible. This is awesome. What were you doing? But um, <laughs> turn quick, didn't it? Turn, turn quick. Say mirror. Somebody say mirror. He says that the word of God, this implanted word of God is like a mirror. He says that if you're a hearer of the word but don't do it, it's like you looking in the mirror, but you don't look long enough. You look in there for a few minutes, you put it down, make no adjustments, and go about your way, and then, and then forget what you even look like. Now, we got to talk about this mirror for a second because I believe there's three reasons why we, we look at mirrors. Number one, we have mirrors because we need to see what we can't see. How many of y'all can see your face without a reflection? <laughs> say, no, say no. You, say, you can say no. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe you can see a lip or something. See a lip. Or, or if you got a big nose like me, you can probably see your nose. But, but mirrors are there to reflect the things that you cannot even see. So he says this Bible has a way of of showing you what you can't see. But he says, but that's when you're a hearer and a doer. And he says that if you want to prepare yourself for what's next, make sure that you're very comfortable and, and consistent with looking into your mirrors. Because if you don't look in your mirror, you're going to get to your next season and you don't even know who you are. And we keep saying that you'll misinterpret what's, what's going on now and you'll misinterpret what's going on next. Okay, another reason why we have mirrors is so that, so that we can see what we, somebody say really. What we really look like. Okay, um, we can all deceive ourselves. If we don't look in the mirror long enough, we can start to believe and, and start to believe that, that other people's opinion about us is what it really is. And we can, and, and I'm, I know some of us, we, we have our own feelings and emotions and our way of picking ourselves up. But I want to let you know that if this mirror, this Bible is not the reflection that, it, that, is, that is giving you the truth about your life, that you may be listening and living your life according to a false reflection. Because life has a way of beating you down. And making you feel like I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm too skinny, I'm, I'm too poor, I'm too rich, I'm, I'm, I'm too, I, I don't have enough education, I don't have this, I don't have that. And this is why I can't go here, I can't go there. And this is why I'm not optimistic about what's next. I'm very negative about what's next. I have no hope. I'm very angry now. And I'll probably be angry, angry over there. And, and so I'm depressed, I, I have anxiety, and, and I just, I'm just not happy about life right now. It's because of the mirror. And then lastly, the reason why we have this mirror, because it reminds us not just who we are, but whose we are. Who we, who we belong to. Yeah, okay, so, so some, some people don't have the, the privilege sometime in their lives and, and to... to 
okay, my mother, I can talk about my mom. She never knew her father. She never knew her father. And, and so, so there are times when, when she deals with, you know, stuff in life and, and looking at herself. She looks exactly like my grandmother, who she, you know, who raised her, uh, her mom. And, and, but but there's, a, there's a piece of her that, that when she looks in the mirror, it's just like, man, I, I know I, I got a father out there. Now he's passed away, but, but maybe I look like him or, you know, maybe, maybe I have. And every time she looks in the mirror, she's reminded of, of who created these looks. That where does she get this nose from? Where does she get her ears from and her, her lip? Where does she get this temperament from? And so it is spiritually that every time we look in the mirror, it reminds us of who we belong to. That we do have natural parents, but before our natural parents, we have a spiritual parent. And that is our father in heaven who created us and allowed us to be delivered through our parents. And so it reminds us not just who we are, but, but who we belong to. That if my that if I just live my life only according to what my parents had and my parents acted and the, and the way they felt about everything, I probably, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go far. If I were to listen to, and this is not a beating up, me and my dad have a great relationship, but, but, but if I were to listen to them, he's a good father, I, I've been blessed. And when you talk about going away to Florida with your own grandkid, with his first grandchild, you know, absolutely not. And this is a man of God. This is a man of faith. But I said, God, I hear that. I hear God calling me. No, nope, I don't hear that. You know what I mean? <laughs> because he wasn't spiritual at that moment. He was natural. I don't want my child to go. What are you going to do? How are you going to pay for this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do this? But when I look in the word of God and I see what God has done for those who have followed him. I said, I can't be concerned about what my natural father is saying at this moment. We still honor our parents, glory to God. But now I'm coming to a place where I'm looking in the mirror. And it's not the natural mirror. It's my spiritual mirror. I'm looking at that and I'm saying, God, I belong to you and I look like you and I'm made in your image and your likeness. And and, and so that means I have some creative desires and abilities to to, to, to do your will in creative ways. And, 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 and so if, if you desire to, to be prepared for what's next, I just want you to make sure that you have your mirror. Because if, if you don't have your mirror, you'll never know the things you need to check. Okay. Sometimes if I didn't have a mirror, I wouldn't know I had a crust in my eye. Or some some in, in the in the nasal area, fix that. Or sometime I didn't know I had a little ketchup stain, and now y'all just talking about me. You just looking like, oh my god, look at that ketchup stain. Oh my god. So so some of you, it's like you're going into the next season with crust in your eye and cruddy nose, and you're looking crazy. When in this season today, you can look in the mirror and say, God. Okay, that was in the natural. But God, spiritually, what do I need to do to prepare myself for what's next? And when you look in the word of God, 
he starts to, he starts to remind you of some things. He starts to encourage you. And, and, and Jesus starts to tell you to, to love God with everything. And you've got to consider that this life is not about all the things you can gain and gather. It's about doing God's work. And, and we see so many examples of Jesus going around and being a reflection for people and saying, this young man, young rich guy comes and he says, God, I know all the commandments, but is there anything else I need to do? He says, yes, I need you to be generous. I need to check your heart because where your money is, that's where your heart is. So I really need to check your heart. And so God gave him a true reflection of himself. And unfortunately, he didn't like it and he walked away. And so many times some of us are walking away because God has given us the real deal. You need to go ahead and forgive that, that I know, I know, I know he wasn't there all your life. I know it was abuse. I know it was terrible, but, but, oh God, I don't even, and some of you, when you go to the word, it's just, oh, I don't want to even read it anymore. I didn't want, oh God, because every time it, you see the reflection of what God wants to change in your life, because you will be in that next season. And if you don't make the adjustments, if you don't look in the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, the Bible says in verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, the word of God, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in whatever he does. Watch this real quick as we, as we close. You can start playing, Randy. He didn't say that. He says that you'll be blessed in what you do. He says that the blessing is in the doing. He says that it's not about you, you just listening to the, you know, doing the word so blessings can overtake you and just drop on you. He said that I'll make your, he says that I'll make your doing a blessing. What if God, just think for me real quick. Instead of you waiting for there, what if, what if God gave you joy on your job. I, I, know, I know you're like, well, let me, let me just wait till they pay me enough, Pastor. Praise God. Let me wait till they do this, wait till they do that, and wait till I get my, because when I get that promotion, I'm telling you, man, my attitude's going to change. I'm going to be awesome at work. It's going to be great. What if God did a supernatural work in you to where you started to enjoy the place you're currently in? That you're blessed, that he'll bless you in the doing. That he'll, he'll bless you right there on the job. In this current season, what is God showing you? The mirror. What is God showing you in the mirror? The word of God. What is he showing you in this current season that he wants you to adjust so that you're prepared for the next one? Or for some of us, are you even looking in the mirror? Or are you just settled with bringing in new stuff with an old you? I'll just buy some new stuff when I get there. But guess who's going to show up? <laughs> you going to show up. And you are the one that sets the temperature for the season that you're in and that you're going to. No, Pastor, God does it. No, 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 no. You do. You allow God. You make a way for God to do it. You say, God, come in. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he's sovereign, and he'll bless you in spite of you. 
But I don't want to live in, I don't want to be blessed in, in, in love God in spite of. I want to step into because of. I want the blessings of God because I've been obedient, not in spite of my disobedience. Somebody say amen to that. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Because I believe that if you can just take a few of these principles and say, you know what, God? I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm not just going to be a hearer. I'm going to be a doer so that I don't deceive myself or, or deceive the season that I'm in. But God, I'm going to look in the mirror so that I'll be prepared for what's coming next. Because just knowing what's next is not, is, that ain't going to, that's, that's not going to give me victory in that next place. But if I'm prepared, what's next the band you guys can come on up you guys can come on up there's there's a song that that we're gonna sing Madison's gonna sing a song called come come to the altar and it has amazing words it starts with some questions are you hurting from within come to the altar come to the altar because I believe it's at the altar is where we encounter Jesus and we can look into the mirror and say, God, what, what is it that I need to change in this season before I go into the, to the next one? I, I want to remind you of this, though, real quick, that every season in your life is connected. That click is really loud. I don't know if you guys can adjust it or something. But every season in your life is connected. So for some of you in this room that may be tempted to say this was a great message and be a hearer and not a doer, I just want to let you know that every season connects to every season. That you've been living under a grace. I know you didn't all attribute it to the, your father in heaven, but you are living under such grace right now. And so I just want to implore you that the time is now. The time is now for you to get serious, to step up your relationship, because every season is connected. And that instead of always seeing it as a negative, Maybe you can start making some good decisions and see it as a positive. And see it as a building, as a growing, that every season it gets better and better. And how about this? It's not just getting better. I'm getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And because three, about two and a half years ago, I dealt with such panic attacks and anxiety and depression that I came out of, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Now when the enemy tries to come and bring thoughts, you ain't going to sleep tonight. You ain't going to make it through the night. What about this? What about that? Oh, man, you're feeling shortness of breath, aren't you? Oh, man, your chest is hurting, isn't it? But because I've been through it, I can say, no, I'm good, man. And then I say stuff like, what's the worst that can happen? I die. You know what? 
my family will be all right. They're going to be sad. They're going to be real sad. Y'all better be sad, praise God. Y'all better cry at least a little bit. But I had to say, God, I, I give it over to you. That I can't allow fear any room. I can't let fear get in. Because when fear gets in, it just wrecks my whole day, my whole week, my whole month, and my whole season. And my whole status of where I am in life. If I let the fear in. So I can't let the fear in. And so I just go right to the end of it. Right to the biggest fear. Because all of our fears are rooted in one thing. Life and death. If I don't make money, then I don't eat. Then I don't have this. Then I don't have that. Oh my God, what is it going to do with my life? And you see the end. So I say, you know what? I'll go right to the end. What if I, what if I don't make it? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be in glory with Jesus. And my family's going to, everybody's going to be okay. So I take the very thing that the enemy tries to come and tries to pinch at, you know, well, you're, gonna, you're not going to make it. Your, your chest is hurt. I pray I'm encouraging you today. I pray that you're encouraged to take this season very seriously and don't give the enemy any play any longer and say, God, I'm going to come to this altar. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to look at the reflection that you give me. I'm going to make some adjustments because this next season, I am going to be there and I'm going to make some adjustments. Come on, let's stand on our feet right now and give God a praise and clap our hands. Glory to God, because this next season will be our best season. Yeah, let me pray for you. Lord God, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for your presence, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that today, Lord, we come to you, Father. Come to the altar, God. We come to this altar, Father. We come, Lord God, to you, Father, seeking you, Lord God, looking to, to the hills which comes our help. And we thank you, Father, today that you're still right there knocking on the doors of our hearts. That you're still right here, Lord God, with the mirror, ready for us to, to make some adjustments. So that we can not just know what's next, but we can be prepared for the next season. For some, Lord God, the next place, Lord God, from the external will look like a very challenging one. But we're thanking you, Father, right now in faith that you're able to make all things work together for our good. And that even in the challenging moments, God, we'll be able to see you in the midst. And know that there will be seasons, seasons, God, where we're going to have to work like never before. That our faith will be challenged like never before. But we thank you, God, that you're going to be right there with us. Because we're going to be hearers and doers of your word, God.